1: But this little dink ball, the only one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest.
2: Why do you not do many interviews? Oh really? Yeah, i you been asked to do, hopefully. Really?
1: Yeah. Have you ever rang these? And they're roaring at me, I hey, cover you, free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: OK, so the great news ahead of the All-Ireland semi-final is that Tyrone, it's a miracle, they have everybody back uh, training this week. So the extra week really has just got them where they have a perfectly full panel with a good week's training under their belt. And I think that's exactly what Tyrone um, kind of wanted um, in the end. Like, I mean, they said in their statement a week ago, they have decided that it's not in a position to field a senior team last Saturday. I don't believe that for a second. And then they said, having received expert medical advice um expert medical opinion on the existing and future health and welfare of the players, Um, they decided not to play it. So the future health and well-being of the players that had it makes no difference seven days later but last Saturday it just could have you know you wouldn't know what would happen to these lads but th- th- seven days later the future health and well-being of the lads that had it makes no difference Johnny but I know we spoke about it
3: last week I yeah. just had to
2: get it in there when I heard it when I had everybody back training I was like ah jeez it's not even missing yeah. anyone
3: now Well I think that statement should have should have said we're going to do what's best for us and that's the end of the statement because <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what they've done yeah. um, and listen one way you say listen they have to do what's right <laughs> but there's there's another side to it as well, and and um, you know you listen, it is what it is now at this stage, and and I think it's it's nearly been talked to that, but certainly they were they were feathering their own nest. There's not out about that. We want everybody
2: back. We want our full panel. We want to be fully prepared. We know the GA needs this game. We're saying we're not playing on that Saturday. We know we're going to get an extra week, get everybody back right, and let's let's uh, stick to our guns. Aaron, is that what's your reading of it?
1: Ah, to be fair, um, you'd do well to argue otherwise, wouldn't you? Um they they knew probably what they were doing. Um they knew the pressure that there was going to be on uh in terms of making sure that a game was delivered. Uh and Kerry just didn't get a walkover into an all Ireland semi final. Um and the they were cute about how they went about it and they got the desired result. Um, but I suppose as as Johnny says at this stage, um I think we're all just Really looking forward to, to a game. Uh, and uh, I'd say, you know, Kerry, you can say they're maybe sitting undercooked, underprepared, but I would think now they'll they'll be very keen. Um, they'll not have been happy that they had the had to wait the, the extra few weeks either. Um, and I'd say they'll be keen to make sure that they, they do their talking on the field on Saturday.
2: David Moran said after the Munster final, he said, if I had a choice, like this was when the All-Ireland was three weeks away. And he said, if I had a choice, I'd prefer two weeks Two weeks is absolutely ideal. Um, four weeks is the worst in the world. How about five weeks, David? <laughs> so, like, I mean, obviously we know if Kerry knew they had five weeks, Johnny, they would train maybe really hard for two and a half weeks. They would, you know, taper it, you know, because all this is very professionally done. The problem with Kerry is they plan for three then they plan for four, and then they plan for five. So they're going, coming back, going, coming back. You know, it's yeah. it's,
3: it's messy for them, really. Uh, it is messy for them. You know, you, as you say, whatever that time span is, at least you can plan for it. Yeah. When you don't know, or you're planning for one, and next thing, you know, it's it's thrown thrown into dispute a bit. You're you're saying, God, you know, we're peaked for now, we're ready to go, and then you know sort of it's like an anti-climax and I, I'd be I the same obviously with, with a player's hat on you know once you didn't pick up any bad knock or anything like that two weeks is fine you get a you know after a, a monster final or, or a big game you've you know the a night is start a recovery get a bit of work done this Thursday um, over the weekend and then you start to slowly Dropping the pace or dropping the, the training intensity to get ready for then for a big game, um. But I think that's that's the key point. And look at uh, whether that's in uh, that's been uh, a problem for Kerry. We should I say uh, we we'll know we we'll know after Sunday. You know if it, is, you know if Kerry go on and win. It'll be, you know, they were sitting there, not a word coming out. Kerry, typical Kerry, yeah, yeah. you know, and they were primed They didn't care. They were ready. Um, so it, it hindsight'll tell us all we need to know. If it works the other way, you know, it'll really say, God, that's great management by Tyrone and the way they did it, and blah, all that goes with. So I think, you know, it's, it's it's it hasn't been ideal for Kerry, but I think Kerry'll be be ready. And as Aaron says, you know, they'll be they'll be going in for, for Tyrone on, on, on Saturday
2: one, one thing I was thinking psychologically for Kerry Aaron like say Paddy Clifford for example now I know these lads are all very positive and confident he's flying it like, could it start getting inside his head, Jesus, five weeks now, you know, I've lost some momentum, you know, the momentum is gone for Kerry pretty much from their hammering in the Munster final, that confidence, they're trying to keep it going, but five weeks is a long, long time and could a player get inside his head, Jesus, am I even fit, we didn't really do much training because we thought it was three weeks and, you know, little things like that could seep in.
1: Yeah, to be fair, because everything is so professionally run at, at these days, Jason McGahan, um, who's their head of strength and conditioning, like I have no doubt the way the top teams operate is they go to the All-Ireland Final and they work back. And that's how they prepare as they're going to peak. So obviously, this has thrown a spanner in the works. Granted, only by a few weeks. But as Johnny said, it's, it's the ramping up and down the intensity over those few weeks where they didn't really know what was happening when the game was going to be played, um, it can offset you a bit. But all I can really think of at this stage is, and your point is probably valid um, in terms of new players on the block who are carrying momentum and that there. They've been sitting still for a while. But if I was a carry manager, all I need to do is show a video and make them watch the whole lot of it of them and Parky Creeve at the end of last year. And the hunger won't be too long coming back. Um, yeah. Watch the last minute of it. Watch the ball going in. See their faces. Uh, see the reaction of them. And that'll be enough to let them know we must be up for this game regardless of what happens. Like back then, it was tactics. It was weather. It was a COVID season, whatever it was. Now, there's more excuses now if they want them. But they cannot let happen uh, what happened last year. Um, and I would say that's... They're still very, very fresh. I read an article where Paul Murphy, even this week, he, he's been referencing it again and, and how hurt and disappointed that they were last year. So it is still very fresh in the minds of those Kerry players. Um, and I think that's what they will be using for, for I suppose, drive and motivation. Uh, to fill the gaps this past few weeks.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely think they will. Um, the favourites tag won't probably won't affect them. Maybe like it did um, that day. How do we read into the league result? This freak result that happened in Killarney. Now, Paul Murphy played it down, and he, he did make a right point. He said we had a good result against Tyrone in the league. Um, you can put you say it, that's putting it mildly, um, but I don't think you compare the two matches in terms of their importance and what's at stake. Fair enough. That match was in Killarney, where we've a really good record. We had no travel. The game we we had no travel to the game compared to Tyrone. Whereas this is Crow Park. It's an All Ireland semi final. It's Munster versus Ulster. I always think back to uh, when I was under twenty one and we played Galway in a challenge match. They had, they had Donnellan, Joyce, Divoli, Savage. All these lads. She's the most beaten us by thirty points. Donnellan scoring screamer goals. and I was like, I'm looking at these lads going. These lads are incredible. And we played them in the All Ireland semi final. We beat them. Do you know, like, I mean, these lesser important games have no bearing on championship. Like, can we read into it? Have Tyrone learned from it? Whereas what did Kerry learn that day
3: about Tyrone? You know, like, could you flip it and say this could be a bad thing for Kerry? Yeah, well, I certainly think from a Tyrone point of view... They'll, they'll, it makes them realise what Kerry are capable of if they don't get their defensive part of their game right which in fairness to them you know and I know there's a new management and they've been encouraged to play a bit more expansive open football to kick the ball and stuff like that but the 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 intensity which they play at um, and, and it's certainly when you have the likes of the Kerry forwards around you're going to have to be really really tight at defence and making sure that, you know, given half a chance or half a you know, where other teams might tap it over the bar, Kerry will hunt and they'll smell blood and they'll go for goal because they have the poachers, you know, with the two Clifford, which uh O'Shea, uh, Stephen O'Brien, uh, Ganey, yeah, yeah. you know, so these are these are, you know, if you two of them in any team you'd be really you know, you'd be excited. And so I, I think that's what what um Tyrone will take from that that this is what they're capable of. I don't think it'll have much of a bearing. Um, bit like your your own experience with Galway. You know, these games can take a take a life of their own, and and there is times in games and you, you play a team, and you know we can all go back whether it's or County, where just on that day a team get a run in you, and and everything you do just falls to pieces, and it just and all of a sudden then it's nearly like there's a, an acceptance that we're we're gone here, and you know the. the Players drop off a little bit of intensity, and the other team just go on and, and wipe you. Um, but I certainly don't see another another um, uh, experience for that for for Tyrone and Sunday. So I think they'll they'll keep they'll be t- making sure that they don't give away goals or or and and keep this as tight as possible, stay in the game because the carry forwards are are um, you know if if you give them room and give them time, they're going to cause you a lot of damage. Yeah, the the Tyrone
2: players are all kind of saying the same thing that it was an embarrassing result. Um, Kira McGeary was saying it Niall Morgan was saying it Niall Morgan was probably the most embarrassed I've ever been as an individual um, with the performance um, that day down in Killarney you get over these things though and it's only one game I think we learned a lot from it and I suppose that's the way they'll be looking at it um, Aaron they learned an awful lot from how Kerry can tear a team apart and they, they they know what to expect now and to kind of learn from their mistakes and obviously if I know Kerry have got motivation from that Cork loss geez Toronto a very proud county like you know quote that result to them a couple of times and say what have you got what's your answer to that
1: again yeah show them the first half of that game and it'll fairly get the pulses racing. but I think uh, most importantly, what happened that day was like Throne had still some good personnel out, and particularly in defensive positions. But it, I can just vividly remember seeing Ronan McNamee, who's a top quality fullback, he's an all star fullback. But he was, he just at one stage he was chasing, and another goal went in, and he was knees and he was looking back out the field. And he was much as saying, like, Is anybody going to come here and help? So they were isolated hugely all across the field. And that's the big thing that's not going to happen this weekend. They're not, they're not going to be the same. They, they can't allow and they won't allow the same space, the same isolation where they're able to be tucked on in one-on-one situations. So that will be a massive learning uh, for, for Tyrone in that regard. Um, and I suppose if you revert back, I think the big thing everyone keeps saying is, you know, oh, whenever it really mattered, Kerry couldn't beat Taron, um back in, in the noughties and that there. But I do think Kerry have learned. I think Kerry were still very much in a traditional mold at that stage, particularly um, in 03, 05, where they were trying to beat Tyrone in a traditional sense. Yeah, kicking um, it too much. And, and it wasn't working. Yeah, kicking it too much. And it's only now whenever we look back at those games, kicking it was huge. But another one that they had, and it was, and he, he was a superstar footballer, was Declan O'Sullivan. He just kept trying to carry it and take on men. But the problem with that Tyrone team was you never took on one man there was always a second and a third coming in to help. And they were giving away a turnover. You could see the frustration. And the more it was happening on Sullivan, nearly the more he was trying to carry it. So now I'm thinking, Paddy Clifford, maybe a similar type player, Joe, you know, in terms of legs to carry the ball, has the vision as well, but legs, contact, legs to carry the ball. Has he learned from it? Does he think that what he's done in Munster is going to be, you know, he's going to get away with it this weekend. And he's not. But, I do feel that Kerry have learned. I think Kerry are much cuter as a county as a whole. They're more streetwise in terms of, your modern-day traits in football, um, and I can't see them getting caught uh, in, in the same regard as what they did back then.
2: Yeah, no, me neither. We'll definitely talk about how Toronto are going to approach the game and all the tactics involved in part two. One or two other little stories I wanted to um, run past you, lads, before we get into that, is the the All-Ireland build-up. Like, I mean, Mayo beat Dublin last Sunday. I have a real... I work in the media, and I know a lot of people listening will go, ah, will you shut up, Wooly? Who gives a... You know, who cares? Stop playing that old card all the time. It's only journalists care about this, but I think there's a wider point to be made here. So Mayo beat Dublin last uh, Sunday and they did a press conference last Thursday. And it was only James Horn and Stephen Cohen, two, at the press conference, a month before the final. Now, anything they said at that pe- press conference would be in the media in the lead up to the All-Ireland final in a month's time. And it will have no relevance whatsoever. They won't know who they're playing. Like a hundred things might have happened to squads since then. It's basically a waste of time. Now, I obviously understand, Johnny, why James Horn's doing it. Media days are a pain in the arse; they can be a distraction. Um, you know, players when they get experience don't like doing them. They might not want to be in the paper. But is there not a wider point here of promoting an All Ireland final? And should the GA not, you know, hold counties to, you know, have to do these kind of things? That in the in the, the, the second last week for the All Ireland, say when Tyrone and Kerry play that whoever wins that game and Mayo have to do a media day and have to provide five players. And they have to be, you know, they have to be available to promote the bloody All-Ireland and have it all over the papers the week before. They always talk about competing with the Premier League and with rugby. How is how's a, a press day a month before in All-Ireland with two members of the entire squad doing anything to promote Gaelic Games? Again, I wouldn't criticise Mayo because I understand why they're doing it.
3: Yeah, and I understand why they're doing it. And, and you know, I would often, week of a match, and, and I... Uh, 99% of the time Never minded If a lad wanted to talk about it. I'd talk all day um, But then a week to the match You're thinking oh, I don't know that number I'm not answering that you know because you were sort of you didn't want to be over-talking it and thinking about it so I understand the Mayo but, but I and this is this is, goes beyond it for me as well from a GA point of view certainly the, coming up to the final but all games and, and the other side of it as well we should be showing and, and maybe going away from your point there should be a build-up show a the week of it it's on a Wednesday night we should be all you know whoever the pundits are RT should be showing a show of it yeah. because these are our, our games like and, uh, there isn't even an up for the match this year because there's no studio I, uh, audience we that's actually, no excuse for as far no, as I'm concerned no because it could run the late late Yeah, you know and no studio audience and if it was only trips down memory lane or you know looking at different a matches bit of imagination, or, yeah. a bit of imagination is right or go out to a few schools or whatever the thing is you know or out to a few areas which you've, you do see in maybe the promos and stuff for, you know Marty arrives in Ballina or something like that but we should, every chance we get to promote the games and I think that's part of what the GA should be about. And we're very good at, you know, changing rules of the game. But there's certainly an area around the whole promotion of the game because... Promoting the game is, is for the young lads of, you know, ten eleven 11 that are really getting into it, want to see their heroes, they want to see what, what's, um, you know, Steve, where Stephen Cohen is thinking, they want to see, you know, is, is, um, what's the story with, with, uh, Aiden in, if he's injured, and that's all part of, of the bigger picture, and it sows the seed for the next generation. So I'd be very much of the opinion is, and, and as I say, I don't May all just want to get it out of the way it is a distraction it's done now end of it we concentrate on football and I get that but I certainly think there should be a lot more promotion of our games. And even, you know, we should be over the winter when you're flicking through the channel, what will I watch? We should be able to watch a game on a Wednesday night, whatever game. And it might be a game from, yeah. you know, well, Kerry TG and But are great. They're There's brilliant underage at it.
2: games all the time, Absolutely. which is fantastic. Yeah, but and RT and Sky have rights and they, they, I think they disrespect their, their rights. Yeah. In that if you have the rights to show 30 games, you should have at least two, two TV shows to complement that. And Sky the same. Sky have RT have nothing, zilch, zero. And Sky have a behind the lines where it's three fellas on a zoom on a zoom call um, on the television. And for me, I think the GA players have been shortchanged. That's another argument. What's your take on the the teams winning now, Aaron? And they're turning around this press conference. Maybe you know the Tuesday, Wednesday after the match. And this is only a new thing now. Um, this is a new enough phenomenon that you're not even getting the presser close to the game. They're trying to keep as far away from it as possible.
1: Yeah, I, I fully agree with you. You know, there was this whole uproar um, whenever we talked about shortening the GASC, shortening the county season, the and more Club team. We're going to be lost to all other sports. Yeah. So we're a peak time now and the Premier League's just starting back and the All-Ireland Final is the big one. So forget about what day it's on. And you say there's one team who's done a press conference and they don't even know who they're playing you know, it doesn't make sense. No, I'm not asking. If like you compare, say, professional sports and one new, that I wouldn't personally like as a player, but the AFL in Australia, if you look at them, the finals are always played in Melbourne. And on the Friday, Thursday or Friday before the game, Toyota are their main sponsors. And both teams go and stand up on the platform and all the supporters are there and they're wheeled up and down the main street in the back of Toyota Haluxes. Uh, and every, the whole buzz and sort of um, hullabaloo about it, it all kicks off in Melbourne. Granted, that's professionalism, but we are the complete opposite. So yeah. they're trying to promote the game, create a buzz around it, create the brand and um, invite sponsors, whatever it is as well, and get the children all into it. And we're the exact opposite. We, we don't want to talk. We want everything to be as low key as possible. Yet. On the other hand, we'll complain to say, oh, these shortened seasons, we're going to lose people to other sports, but we're not willing or prepared to put our neck on the lane at certain times and go out and promote them ourselves. So it, it, it is disappointing. I can understand why uh, James Horn has done it, but I just think you're right. In terms of the GAA, they need to put a better structure to it because at the end of the day, the long-term effects of this are massive. If you keep holding people away from it or keep the lane laid down, Publicity over a period of time, it does eventually drop, and appeal can drop. Whereas if you're putting your top names to the forefront and showing them exactly how big and how important an All Ireland final is, that's what draws the the youth, the next generation coming through into it. Because I know that's what it did to us uh, whenever we were growing up.
2: The 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 professionalism in GA has has followed other professional sports. But with promoting the game, it, it actually has gone the other way, Johnny. Because I remember before Leinster finals under Mikko, we'd do an open session where the fans would be there. The media would come on onto the field. And for the kick around where you'd be kicking points just before, you know, your training with Sarah The media are walking around to different players and you'll have your chat and then the 15 minutes is done and the media will clear off and then you have your training session. Like, I mean, as professional sports embrace that to promote the game, the GA has gone complete, they've followed up the professional preparation but have gone complete opposite on, you know, the, the actual promotion of it.
3: Yeah, and, and I think that's, and it's, I suppose it's back to the thing it's, and as I say, we're, we're, we're brilliant in the GA for coming up with rules to try change the game. Um, and there's no, or as far as I'm aware anyway, there's no rule, like, do you have to do a media day? Do you know, if, 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 if Tyrone get through to this unless we're not doing one and is that acceptable I'm not sure whether it is or not so I think there should be some default and, and you know obviously you don't want a circus around it either like you don't if we would have had it in the past, you know, that just a, d- a day where fans can come in and, into into Newbridge and, and meet the players. You pause for pictures, and you could be there for three or four hours, you know, depending on how well, or you could be standing on your own, <laughs> depending on how well the county were going, how well you played in the previous oh, yeah, game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm over here, <laughs> but the, I suppose there is there's a duty of care as well to promote your games. You know? I think so. Yeah you know, and I, so. I would have been a little bit, uh, you know, and I would have came up locally, like. Albeit everyone felt that Dublin were always going to beat Clare in the Leinster final. But it was just the most low-key... was, You know, I drove through Nace the week of the match... And Nace were playing the 2020 Hurling final that weekend as well. And there was more blue and white flags around Nace than... And that's great to see, don't get me wrong but there was the odd odd white flag and I say most people didn't know why it was now maybe there was an air of inevitability but it's up to us I think I would have liked for an um, an email to go out to the club secretary make sure you know we have a, all clubs made you know promote it within your own yeah, locality yeah. that's well you know we, we, the, we the young lad from the club was playing in the Leinster final regardless of whether who thought it was going to win that's a big promotion because He's down in the field. He's come through the system of our club, and there's other lads now looking at him and say, "I want to be Darren Malone," and he's going to inspire others, and that's the way it works. So I think there should be some, as I say, you know, area around the promotion of and say, "Listen, this is the protocol now." I say, I don't, you don't expect people to come on, you know, and juggling balls up to whatever media or whatever, but there should be a protocol to say, "Listen." The latest is the Tuesday before the game. Yeah, you have your media day. You make so many players available um, and promote it within because that's that's what it's all about.
2: Yeah, manager, know? five players. The latest, the closest to the match is the Tuesday. The longest is the Tuesday before. You have the week between the Tuesday to the Tuesday to get it done. And this is what you this is what you have to do. And uh, we have to promote the games. And a county board has to sign off to that. Yeah. I think that's the way and to go. as well, no, it was what wor- you said. If what if Tyrone doesn't do it. it it wasn't worth Mayo doing it, really. No, like, not, it was a waste of everybody's time. No, it was time. a box ticking. Yeah,
3: but and, and the other side is, it should be an opportunity then for you know, there's there's obviously sponsors within, you know, they can come in and and maybe m- make something around of a corporate thing or whatever. That, you know, just to promote because, again, we're we're going to these companies with our hands out looking for sponsors. So, and I know there is there's loads of different different things go on that we're not aware of with with county boards and sponsors, but here's an opportunity to grow the brand your own uh, your own GEA brand the, the the game as a whole and then you know just, just give your, your sponsors a bit of a platform as well so it's a huge opportunity to, to, and I think it's it's been definitely uh, under managed in yeah. my book
2: No I completely agree um, Kevin McStay had an article I don't know did you read it um, Aaron and it's in the Irish Times and the, the heading on this is Culture of Machismo is the greatest stain on the GEA Now This is on the back of the John Small incident. Like, I mean, we're not on the back of four or five free-for-alls in different matches. Like, I mean, I don't know about the timing of this. He goes on to talk about the 1980s and different examples of when he was playing. That's 30 years ago. It's like chalk and cheese of the games back then, which could have been fairly rough um, compared to now. They're completely sanitised now. And then he said... I was working with Sean Kavanagh recently on the Sunday game. Before we went on air, I asked him if the game was meaner or dirtier now than in my time of playing. I was sure he would say no, but he suggested that the dark arts of the modern game um, produces a meaner type of intimidation. It's a different type of violence, more psychological, sledging, late tackles, uh, constant holding off the ball, blocking runs, grapples, um, uh, nippling and even eye gouging. And biting. I don't know what they're talking about here personally. Like, I mean, I, Aaron, i think it back to when I played the, played the game. I, I'd say I got a punch in the face maybe three times and I was, everybody knows I was a mouthpiece. And that's in 20 years of playing. Like 99.9999% of GAA games go off in an incredibly sporting manner. And where is he coming out trying to, on the back of a John Small shoulder, which was an attempted shoulder, horrible consequences, that wants to say, and this was being retweeted by people, uh, with maybe with an anti-GA agenda, like trying to paint GA players in a, you know, this kind of machismo. I don't know, Aaron, what's your take? I'm surprised the shock have like a different type. It's worse than the 80s now, we're, we're meant to believe.
1: Well, I I didn't play in the eighties, uh, but I, I've seen footage of it. Colin did. <laughs> no, yeah. Am I old? I'm you're older? I'm older than you. We're the same you're age, aren't we? <laughs> minors in '96. You're in your peak in the eighties, Um The to me, not not at all. Um, th- like, there's no way you could compare the physicality that went on then compared to to what it is now. Yes, you do get a bit of variables, and you'll have someone swinging out of you're a county player in a club game, but it, it, well, from my, from my own perspective, it's never crossed a level where I felt intimidated or worried or whatever. It, it is part and parcel. It is a physical game. You can't expect to go out onto a pitch and be allowed to run up and down for the duration of a day and nobody making contact with you. And especially if you're a county player at club level, you know, a club player has to make it as difficult as possible. Yes, there are absolutely are times when lanes are crossed in terms of whether that's just verbally um, or or physically. But in terms of the grand scheme of things in, in GA, um, I wouldn't agree with the article in any way. And from my own experience, whether that's playing club or county level, I can say hand on heart at no stage that I feel like I was really under threat um, at any time uh, in the game of football. Yes, there's times you would have got belts um, throughout the years, um, and there are unfortunate incidents where you, you might speak of the the one McLaughlin, John Small one. Um, but uh, again, put that into context, the, the lad was trying to hit a legitimate fair shoulder. Like uh, I, and just off head, uh, I, I can think of I remember it was an all-air final where Colliver I remember he was just knocked out cold, I believe it was against Cork in 87, 88, and they're overthrowing water on and I'm trying to get him back up. And eventually he comes back onto the field, you know. But that was a dirty blow where he was hit straight down the middle. Um, and that was maybe something that you would have seen more. Or back then, but the um, uh,
3: levels of that physicality in the game and hasn't been for a long period of time. What do you think, Johnny? Yeah, I'd, I'd be very much in agreement with that. I, you know, we, we spent five minutes talking about the promotion of the game, and now you know yeah. this is anti promotion
2: for, <laughs> for, for a GA man like Max Day to come out with this. Now, it, I know, it, listen, it's hard to come up with content for art, yeah, I,
3: but we're, we're at nearly at all our final
2: stage. Yeah. It's not hard around now to write a piece like that based off one incident which was an accident,
3: yeah, and and like it's all look at. The, it's a contact game. Is there sledge? Of course there is. There's loads with you. and uh, like That's part and parcel. And most lads, I, I've got it. I've gave it. <laughs> you know, If I came to 50 Cups, I was better at name calling than, than <laughs> fighting. So I was better at name calling. But most, the 99.9% of the time, even if you're on the receiving end, a lad to come up to you, shake your hand after and say, listen, Sorry about that, and you say this story about it. It'll be me saying sorry to you the next time. And you know, yes, you get there's there's belts and you lads lose the head and all that. But that's I think if we you know a lad coming up and and moan you with a box, them days are gone because you do that now and you'll end up in the high court.
2: Very isolated. Know. Now they still yeah. happen but they do, but terribly very, rare. Yeah, yeah, consider-
3: ter- yeah. And and rightly so. Like I'd listen to my dad who played in the 70s and 80s talking about different games where it was just they boxed from one end of the match to the next and was, how lads weren't you know carted off the hospital. He talked about one game that they played and there was that much swinging. The ref went in to stop, and someone had burst him a box. Like that's how. <laughs> so, and we don't want to see you those. Shouldn't days. be laughing here. No, but, but, like, but I mean, but those I stories are funny. Yeah, like. and and you know, we we would have seen them at a higher profile. You know, the, the Leish and Carlo match often comes up. Or the leash Loud uh, match. Sorry, Leash Loud yeah. match, and obviously the, the Mayo the Mayo Mead match and the All Ireland fight. But we don't want to see those things anymore. Like we're all for a tough physical game and lads going, you know, a, a manly game that we we love and we you know it. We see that in hurling and it's promoted. We
2: talk about it in football. And it's like uh, hurling's going soft too. Hurling's not promoting it as much as they used to. Like I mean, I think
3: we're all. Go- I think society is turning soft. Yeah. Well, it, we're turning very PC about everything. Yeah. Um, in in my in my book and look at it. Nobody. Everyone has to get up for work in the morning after a game, and you want to. But you go ads. It's a competitive game. You want to be. I, mean, I would be a firm believer. You know what happens on the field. We keep it on the field, and and ads do lose cool. I've. I've have to come up to a referee after the match and apologize because I said too much and most the vast majority say listen that's part of the game don't worry about it and but I I think coming up with an article like that doesn't like you look at from the the, the team starts football starts now at 7 years of age till we'll say the average age is about 33 or 34 how many players in the country are are in that bracket to play the game thousands and thousands yeah I'd say it's such a minute percent of of incidents Sure, and you, like that's we should be promoting that aspect of it rather than saying, you know, because of a one, you know, high profile incident where an attempt to shoulder went very wrong, um, and and all of a sudden then we're filling we're filling national newspapers with it. It's, doesn't make sense yeah, to
2: me. An attempted, legitimate uh, shoulder as well. Not like Aaron is describing. You'd see videos of lads trying to take a lad's head off, which is yeah. completely wrong. You don't see that anymore. It's not a dirty game anymore as such. It's a, it, it's still a physical game. Jeez, we don't want to take that away. I know um, soccer, without going off the point, Aaron, is... Um, there's a campaign happening to, to ban headering out of the ball because um, some ex-players have developed dementia and they're associating the dementia with headering a football so they want to ban all headering the ball outside of a professional game and I'm like Jesus like I mean people get dementia without ever playing uh, soccer right there's a link there but if I know there's a link between headering the ball playing soccer for 30 years I'll still want to play soccer with the headed ball like why can't you take personal responsibility most sports if that was the case boxing would be band any sport where you get hurt potentially you know could be up for let's get rid of it we can't have anybody ever getting hurt
1: yeah you're right but it is society as a whole we're very very pc Um we we can't be seen to be talking out of turn or there's something that might be blatantly obvious uh, this day and age where you don't agree with it and particularly with the likes of social media you don't put your head up um to, to disagree because you, you'll be torn to shreds uh particularly on So uh and I think it's something that's really spiraled this past two, three years, you know, where everything in all walks of life, whether that's sport or employment or whatever, um it it, it is, it, it's changing and not all in circumstances for the good as far as I would be concerned.
2: Yeah. One last one on a lighter note is Rob Carney um has gone back to his club, back to his roots. He played in the county final two thousand and four. Um, he's gone back full forward for Cooley Kickhams he was last weekend didn't score um I sent him a message on Instagram I'd be disappointed if it didn't you didn't get at least 5 marks um uh, like one of my favorite rugby players I just think that's fantastic to see uh Johnny I think he's a natural midfielder playing um in the full forward line now like we know how high he can get up for about that man nearly changed rugby and that team's refused to hit kick high balls he was so bloody good in the air but from to go back to his roots to GEA I don't know just I I get a nice warm fuzzy feel when I think about this story.
3: Yeah, absolutely. But do you know what? Isn't that... What does that tell us? It tells us we've a brilliant product. Yeah. We've a brilliant game that lads... You know, obviously he went on and, and did what he want. But I'm sure if, if, if he sat in this chair and you interviewed him, he'll talk about under 10 matches or minor matches or, you know, the things that we all loved going to school and sitting out the car window when, you know, he he would have won a lot more in Port Leash maybe than we did. But, you know, it was the crack and, you know, maybe brought going back to the local pub and, you know, you get the free grub and there'll be bottles of Coke and orange going around the place. And that's the GA and that's our memories. And I'm sure he went through all that as well and to go back now and no pressure on him. Obviously, he... he, um, the, the bit of media attention he knew that was was going to be part and parcel but I think it's it's brilliant it must be brilliant for the club as well it's sort of you know he's back in there and he taught as much he taught that much of them to come back up and, and throw in the throw his lot in with them I thought it was it was brilliant and he's in some nick in fairness I wouldn't like to be going out to No them.
2: like I mean he's in serious nick um, Aaron but that's the thing just taught so much of his club go back Play high profile. A lot of photographers there. If if he does nothing on the field, he's you know generating a load of interest around the senior team.
1: Yeah, I, I sort of I've got to know Rob uh, just from from years ago. From he was only starting out. Um, our, our county physio, with Armagh, back in mid two thousands, a guy called Owen O'Neill from Cooly, um, and I met uh, Rob up at his practice a couple of times and very, very briefly now would have kept in contact with him through the years. But whenever he had retired from Leinster and Ireland last year or didn't renew his contract with him, um, I just sent him a message just to say, you know, well done and a fabulous career. Um and best wishes whatever you're going to do. And he he, had, he was heading to Perth at that stage, but he did, he said at that stage that as soon as he came back, he, he was going to go back to GAA um t- to give it a go. And I think what makes it even better is that everyone who he would have played with they're, they're pretty much gone. Like He wouldn't really know anybody that yeah. he's going back in there. Yeah, He might know families in that there, and obviously he has a great connection with the club. But in terms of the actual people he's playing with, he wouldn't have a clue who any of them are. But he's still... And he could have went and played maybe a bit in Dublin, where I'm sure that's still where he's based. But... The fact that he went back and he's given something to his community, but like Johnny said, the big thing is like we're not too far. Um from Len Robsey and the Arma border Cooley would only be a bit of 20, 25 minutes away. But the buzz is crazy. The numbers of people going to watch training, let alone the people <laughs> who are training with him. Um and and I've spoken to a couple of younger lads who are there who are just out of minor and are and are playing with Cooley, like, and they just can't believe that Rob Carney is is there training and, and like you said, unbelievable shape um obviously keeps himself in great nick um but he said himself his his skills um aren't where they want to be just yet but he's he's an ultra professional very proud man and i can guarantee he will do all he can over the coming months and i think it's something that he wants to do maybe for a year or two years um he's, he's he's proud in himself and his own performances and i think he'll put huge effort into bringing his skills up to to a decent level and whether it takes them beyond club football, um, we'll we'll wait and see. But nothing would surprise me, even from a cultural perspective or a performance perspective, uh, or getting bums on seats next year to, to build this new stadium that they're looking to build in Loud. Well, maybe they have a uh, they have a ticket that they could try and work with there
2: I'm, I'm thinking of him like the like the Aussie players playing compromise rules catching a great mark and then trying to punt it over the bar because <laughs> that's how you kick the, the oval ball like he'll have to learn kicking around the corner all over again which is obviously the big difference but he has it it's in his it's in his memory which it uh, isn't yeah, for the I Aussie think, I, the Aussie I, boys that break your heart sometimes when they, they you know they they'd stand up to it straight on
3: yeah well I'd say that's, that's still in his locker like I've no doubt there's there's times when he was away on camps and stuff like that, though the, the round ball might come out and off the wall just for, for something to do. Um, so I, I I don't think he'd be too long coming. He might it might take him a while to be kicking points from sixty yards or off both feet, but I'd say he's not too he's not too far away from where he needs to be. But it's a it's a brilliant story. Um, and you know it, it'd be one one where you, would him and Mickey Hart have <laughs> have conversations. Would it get him Would it get him into the the loud squad? that would be some story. we we start a campaign to get Carney into the
2: loud squad, right? We'll come back and we'll talk about the All-Ireland semi-final. Alright, so Tyrone versus Kerry. Um, Aaron, I'll start with you. What kind of Tyrone? I think we know what way Kerry are going to to play. We know their style of football that they like to play. It's very, very attractive. You know, whether the opposition allowed them to do it or not is the question. Will we see the Tyrone in the Cavan and Monaghan game where they're trying to kick it a good bit forward? Or will we see a more of a, you know, get some more bodies back behind the ball and play them over a running game, which we saw against Donegal?
1: I think that the, they still will stick to, to a lot of what they have tried to tweak and change this year in terms of having men ahead the ball in in half forward outlet positions and then obviously um, your inside threat that was, say, your, your McCurry, Matty Donnelly. And I think they'd be very foolish otherwise because... It, if they think that they're going to beat Kerry in a running game from one end of the field to the other, like we've seen that that hasn't worked this past 10 odd years for them. Yeah. Um, against the top teams, it hasn't worked. It hasn't been able to generate enough scores, particularly in Croke Park. It keeps them in a game, but but they won't win it. Um, so I think their best way forward is to try and see if they can be a threat to the Kerry inside lane. You know, it has to be a fine balance in terms of not leaving themselves exposed at the back in terms of one-on-one situations like they did in that league game. But I think given the, the fitness levels and, um suppose, the characters that they have in that middle eight and how some of them have really played themselves into form since that uh, drubbing in the league Um I would say that's more the game that they wouldn't have been happy with I suppose the intensity that they brought to that game or any level of physicality and um, but if, if they want to do anything they want to get enough scores on the board they have to have that kicking option to the half forward lane uh who can feed quality ball inside and and some of the scores that you know if you just think it seems like a lifetime ago now, but you think back it does the final and the quality of footpaths and particularly in the first half and the movement from the inside lane it would be a shame to go away from that and not have those same options and um, because I think ultimately it's going to cost them the game in the end if they don't do it.
2: The the difference we we've talked about this on the show before the difference between, I suppose between the Tyrone kicking into the full forward line and the Kerry kicking into the full forward line is when Tyrone kick it in they're hoping Matty Donnelly take on his man and score. There's not as much interplay when it goes in, whereas when Kerry goes in, it goes in from that bit closer, so there's a pop-off, you know, and then there's a goal. They're a lot slicker with it, uh, Kerry, but Tyrone can still hurt Kerry even with that longer kind of ball because in 2019, Johnny, it was 9-5 at halftime, Colin McShane was running amok, um, you know, in the full forward line. And, you know, c- could you see him starting? He's had uh, four extra weeks than they thought he would. How many matches is that? Like, unless he was one of the fellas that was sick, we don't pr- particularly know that, or had COVID or a positive t- case. He caused a lot of problems from Kerry. And Maddie Donnelly would cause a lot of problems for Kerry. And the last time Kerry played Tyrone, her own, Ty Morley picked up uh, Maddie Donnelly and Gavin Crowley picked up uh, Cottle McShane or else it was the other way around but they were the two neither of those two are starting for Kerry so Kerry have a full back line with Brian O'Bugley, uh Thomas Sullivan who'll pick up McCurry and you look at Foley and O'Biogli picking up Donnelly and McShane you know it wouldn't have the strength potentially because the point I'm making if Tyrone don't have the half forward line for that pop pass which they don't seem to have that's fine Donnelly or McShane can go at either one of them
3: Yeah they will and I, I think I think that's you know the the role have played matty Donnelly in you now at the moment encourages that because he's a ball winner you know and like you can have all the, if you want the game is very similar if you want to have play a kicking game the lads keep playing the ball inside from that middle eight if, if that's not sticking in there they stop it it just stops you know <laughs> so putting the likes of Matty Donnelly in there encourages him to kick because he'll win it and not only, as you rightly point out, not only will he win it, he normally makes something happen. He's, he plays with the head up but he also has the power, the strength and the skill set. Like we saw against Monaghan, he threw a, a lovely dummy solo you know. So and, and, and kicked a great score with plenty of Monaghan, uh, Monaghan guys around him. So he does have that. He ticks an awful lot of boxes in there um, and I'd say, you know, Tyrone will be looking at that and and, and looking at the Matchups and who might pick him up, you know. McCurry's on top of his game, albeit it's a long time since you know you talked about the, the, the um, Poddy Clifford maybe losing a bit of form. You're also maybe a little bit concerned, even if he has a cleared bill of health, has, with Darren McCurry maybe dropped off because he'd have, he's he was on top of his game, yeah. Um, so th- they would be very, very important matchups to get right for for um, for Kerry, you know. Well, if Thomas Sullivan picks up, he might go, but he mightn't have the strength for for Matty. And Matty Donne's a really strong, physically a strong player. Yeah, I'd uh,
2: say O'Sullivan will pick up McCurry. I'd say that's a bank. Uh, yeah, nailed on.
3: Yeah, maybe. So it is important for for Kerry to go get those matchups right, and and um, you know they're going to be very mindful. And and so too will Tyrone. if You know, if if you're talking about Kerry's weaknesses everyone points to that full back line so and even though it has been well, it hasn't been tested probably in, in this year's championship but certainly in the past it was an area that, that that would have caused Kerry more concern so it'll be interesting to see what way that what way that pans out Yeah definitely if they play the big
2: men in there and, and Tyke Morley isn't playing you could see a bit of, a bit of joy for, for Tyrone. Can you see Tyrone playing a full time sweeper um, Aaron like I mean when you look back to that league game the Kerry half forward line have to be tracked Right there's no doubt about that you're looking at Paddy Clifford Dara Minahan Stephen O'Brien all these fellas Sean Sean O'Shea when they float in and out and swap gini can be out there you have to man mark them if you don't man mark them they're going to cause you trouble if you man mark them you're leaving the three lads inside completely free and this was the problem they pushed out on the half forward line the ball was kicked in they didn't track the half forward line running back in after it. They were all over the place, Tyrone. So what will they have learned from that? Will they have learned a three-half back line, follow your men at all times, but we need that security of somebody. And even because Kerry are so good at the diagonal balls, they might intercept, they might bypass the sweeper, but the sweeper might at least protect against a goal.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's... Sort of from a perspective fairly clear that they will. they'll always try and have someone sitting back um, at the edge of the D who's there to obviously stop anything that's coming through the middle but he's always the first port of call in terms of doubling up on someone who's under pressure in a one-on-one situation where I suppose it'll become interesting for me is if you're talking about the three halfbacks all having the mark um, and tackle uh, first point really is like Connor Myler, I remember in the 18 final he was the one who went midfield to go on on Brian Fenton um, struggled badly and him does really well in and Ryan McHugh, but struggled in Fenton obviously because he wouldn't have the physicality. And that league game down in Kerry, he went back and tried to man mark Sean O'Shea. Yeah, he didn't. He, he did was, in. Uh, th-
2: he did in that nineteen uh, semifinal <clears> as well.
1: There was plenty of niggle you know, early on in that their game, but O'Shea just absolutely cut loose. He ran around as if there was nobody near him. Um, and, and Myler's body language, I suppose like the rest of the throne players, it dipped fairly quickly within that game. So is that something that they can do again? Because then remember what O'Shea has sort of tweaked this game instead of always being that outlet and half forward lane, does he take him into the full back lane? That's a completely different game of tagging for for Conor Myler in comparison to what he does um, on the likes of the and McHugh that's floating around the middle of the field. Like It's a different world going into that full back lane yeah. uh, and any slip or mistake and you can be punished severely. So that's one that, I don't know, will there be a tweak from a throne perspective? But if they do play a full hang sweeper, surely Kerry have thought about it and have a plan in place. Like the one person who I would be looking to make free, if they have to If all if the six Kerry def- throne defenders are marking and they're looking to get an extra man back, the one man I want free from a Kerry perspective is Gavin White. Because the one thing that troubles... Uh, defensive systems that are really well set up is somebody who's coming at blistering pace and able to break a tackle and there's nobody better in the game whenever he's unsung than Gavin White so it's you'll see a KG affair maybe early on both teams sizing each other up seeing what way they're going to set up but for me I would think that's the way Kerry will be looking at it that if you want to play an extra man back that's fine we'll be patient we play the ball around the wings but as we come inside, you're a 45, we'll be coming at 100 miles an hour. And that's where you say the inside forward movement and creativity of Kerry for me as a unit is that bit better than what Throne's is, that they'll be able to get scores off in a tighter space um, regardless of how many men are back uh, because the pace that they'll be coming through.
2: Yeah, Kerry have, tempted, have kind of um, used Paul Murphy as that spare man. I agree with Aaron. Gavin White is the perfect weapon. It's like you put Gavin White as the spare man and tell him to bomb forward. That's like Tyrone going, "Oh shit, what are we doing playing a sweeper?" This is, you know, whereas if you play another fellow who's just comfortable in a sweeper, you're almost like doing exactly what they're doing. How about you use your spare man to really hurt them and make them regret
3: ever giving you that spare man? I don't see, think we see that enough of that, Johnny. No, probably not. And, and as you say, when when we when you do have someone of, of the caliber of, of Gavin White and coming in those boards because. That's where it's going to really hurt, hurt um, Tyrone. If you know, if them runners at pace, you know, maybe taking the tackle, and you've the likes of Gainey and you've you've Clifford, and he's just loop coming on the loop, left or right foot, you know. And in fairness to. to I think you're going to see a massive game with Clifford. You know, he's been a little bit... He set himself huge, high high standards, no doubt about it. And we expect a man-of-the-match performance nearly out of him every week he comes out because he's just, you know, since we first heard of him at 16 or 17 years of age, he's been just, you know, this unbelievable player. Um, And I think up in Crow Park, you know, on, on Saturday he's gonna be looking to really shoot the lights out. So uh, when you have when you've lads like that coming on the loop, it does not say it doesn't matter left or right foot, um cr- you know, runners at pace, um, you've you've even even Stephen O'Brien he's a great he's a great ball carrier from deep. If you remember that semi final is nineteen, he ghosted in to get that goal. He wasn't tracked, albeit but, you know, just watched his run, came at pace. I think it was it was Paul Gainey just give. gave a putting put the ball across the square and next thing was in the back of the net so they have that you know if you've got enough runners coming at pace you know and maybe not even to get in but just to drag players like if someone comes across hard run or diagonal run you've got to go with him as simple as that or if he's not being tracked the sweeper has to track him um, because if he doesn't you know you're in trouble and all of a sudden then that leaves space for someone else so I see, think you're going to see that, that movement in, in the Kerry uh, full forward in, coming from deep you know obviously trying to get it in as quick as possible but they're well capable of carrying a pace um, and, and as I say wants to get it into that in around the D they'll think nothing of, of shooting the lights so, out. And I suspect that's where Kerry are going to be really strong.
2: That's the thing, just move, moving around. Like, I take your point, um, Aaron, about uh, Conor Myler. I don't think he'll mark O'Shea for that reason, because the, the, Kerry will have talked about it, and O'Shea is very comfortable going in there, and Myler doesn't want to be in there. Maybe Hamsey is more suited to him. I was looking at the 2019 matchups: Ronan Rona McNamee took David Clifford. Hamsey took Gini. Conor Myler took Sean O'Shea and Kieran McGeary took Stephen O'Brien um, they, they were the matchups then I think Myler I don't think Kerry will get away with Gavin White being the spare man because I think Myler track him that seems to be a job for either him or uh, Michael O'Neill you know to, to uh, Tyrone seems to be very conscious definitely playing Donegal and playing Monaghan of playing almost two wing backs on their two attacking wing backs
1: Yeah I'm not sure that they would go with Hamsey uh, out at centre half back just because you're probably talking about Two inside forwards of Clifford and Geaney, um, and that could be a role. They sort of would like Michael McKernan to be the cornerback that comes out, and they like to have Hamsie and and McNamee, the two that sit inside. Like one person who who would be a great match up, and it's it's whether they they go with him is Kieran McGarry onto to Sean O'Shea, but he's having probably his best ever season for Tyrone, um, you know, so you could take away from what he's been brilliant at in terms of defensively, he's been top class, but his link play, his ability to get up and score, um, if you're giving him a really focused man marking job, you, you, you could be robbing Tyrone of something really good going forward, so for me, he, he could be a player that could end up going on O'Shea, um, just on another point, I suppose, whenever you're talking about the, the, the Matty Donnelly one, like... The 19 and two finals and it, it was surprising at the time, but he did really well. But Thomas Sullivan actually went on on uh, Con O'Callaghan uh, in both of those games, and physically you would have thought Con was just way too strong, and it, it wouldn't have been a, a decent matchup. But he he did well in them on both of those occasions, so it, it could be an option. And um, for Maddie Donnelly, Maddie is very very similarly built in terms of physicality and raw power, and um, like O'Callaghan is, but. Um, you, you just wouldn't know what with Peter Keane he's, he's obviously a very hard man to read
2: Yeah they played Jack Barry the last time uh, wing forward that would be a mistake as far as I'm concerned I don't think he's needed against Tyrone and plus whoever's marking Jack Barry you're giving him a handy job just to drop off him into a sweeper because you know you don't have to That's the, the, the brilliance of Kerry is that their half-forward line can all hurt you. Yeah. You know, I'd worry about Peter Hart marking Paulie Clifford or marking Stephen O'Brien. Like, I mean, Peter Hart could find the going pretty tough because um, he's not used to mark, you know, his strength probably wouldn't be marking. But if they play Jack Barry wing forward or even Dermot O'Connor wing forward, remember Spillane played wing forward, I always think that's yeah, he's going to do a bit of work, but what's the man Mark and him going to do? He's just going to stop and hold and cut, mess up your kicking game, you yeah, know.
3: Yeah, I, I can't see them. I can't see them playing Jack Barry half hour. I think Minehan will be back, I presume. Yeah, and he, he's, he's another option. He was flying he, it yeah, before, and he's, he's probably a, a more effective option than than Jack Barry. All right, he gives you an option maybe for for kickouts on that wing, but certainly from a trying to hurt the opposition, someone like Minehan would be, you know. Would would just add to the carry the carry machine up front, Um so uh, you know it'll be interesting to see what way it is. We're short of surmising all these things, but certainly the, the big thing is you know obviously um, Paddy Cliver comes out and he's busy out there. He can run it. He can he can link well. He you know. There's just so many options. If you know, like we've seen, we've seen uh, Sean O'Shea starting at centre half, or <laughs> we've seen him being very, very effective in the full forward lane. Will you know? Will they go with something like that? So they've an awful lot of strings in their bow, yeah. and and any of them, you know, wants to get into into click into gear, you feel that they can they can really hurt uh, the Oth- opposition.
2: Other than Clifford, none of the other Kerry players they're popping up anyway Everywhere. you're wondering where they're playing because yeah. sometimes beside Clifford and then he's out the half-forward line you're wondering he might be kicking a ball in Clifford's the only one really that you know exactly he's going to be he's going to be inside
3: but, but again if you were to pl- bring him to 11 under the half-forward line nah, stop don't do it <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, you wouldn't think he's too out of place yeah. it would, you know obviously we want you know we want him inside and he probably will be but if you were listen if you were trying to do something different you'd say listen we'd get this lad on a bit of ball Around the half hour, you know, because he's a, he's a, such a stylish player. he like, and he goes into positions, and he's one of these players, you know. He never looks to be travelling top speed; he just glides, but he gets away from his man. You know, he can solo left foot and stick it over the bar with the right foot, and he's just like he's so much in the locker. And if he wasn't in the game, I'd be saying, "Drift out, get on ball." You know, you've, you're sending your your brother into the corner who's not picking it that much. You know, much weaker or he will drift into I just think there's, there's just huge options in that carry forward. Yeah, lane.
2: that's the thing, and the options and the fact that none of them hold their positions that you're going to have a situation where someone, either to own hold their own holder positions... And don't do man marking or else they man mark and you find a situation where Peter Hart stuck in with Gini in the corner or Dara Minahan, or Pauly Clifford goes back into the corner and, you know, McGeary has to follow, you know, or Stephen O'Brien. That's the danger, Aaron. And it, OK, if you go, just hold your positions. There's the whole crossover. I've lost him. Who am I on? There's a confusion there. And it probably is because if you're not at the match, you're looking at Kerry. You're wondering where a lot of these lads are, you know, where they're actually lining out.
1: Yeah, that passing people on in the heat of championship battle—very dangerous. And, you know, whenever yeah, whenever you're under pressure, communication has to be absolutely spot on there. And if your tongue's out, maybe just the communication mightn't be as good or mightn't be as clear as it needs to be. So, um, I would probably see definitely to be a few key men that'll have to be picked up. But I, I agree with you. I think it would be very foolish and carry that. I think if you think back to the Cork game last year and play, playing um Brian O'Boogly on half forward lane, think back to the All and final pushing Gavin up, White up there, completely lost. If they they have the personnel who can work and trouble the scoreboard that are forwards, out and out forwards, not midfielders, not half backs, I think it would be very very foolish of them if they didn't go with with the with six forwards um, that are fitter and available. Because what it does is, like you said, it stops any throne defender from being able to drop off his man if they want to play a sweeper throne they have to then bring back a forward or a midfielder and then that affords carry the attacking halfback or the attacking platform from the defense with a spare man that they want so they are dictating the terms of the game then if this Kerry team are serious if it could not have been all champions i think what they did last year obviously well documented wasn't good enough and wasn't I suppose, fitting for the quality of players that Kerry have, I can't see them making the same mistake again this weekend.
2: Yeah, no, no, me neither. Um, To be honest, what about the kickouts, Johnny? Like, I mean, we're going to get a bit of entertainment out of this because there's some screenshots going around of the Cork-Kerry game where Brian Hurley's on the edge of the box. There are no goalkeeper in the goals. There's no defender near him. So the goalkeeper, Ryan, is out on the 45. The entire full back line is up there and Brian Harley's standing with his hands up in the air like this. As in, get it down to me. Now, Niall Morgan, it's a very, very dangerous game. And again, I don't agree with it. I think it's a bit kamikaze. Um, Niall Morgan, of course, and and um, Roy Began did it in the Ulster final. Again, more kamikaze. Began nearly got cut out. Niall Morgan is one of the biggest kicks, like a boomer. Surely to God, Niall Morgan, after doing it himself and seeing how how risky this is, can you see Kerry... Because, of course, this, a lot of these things, I love it. Like, I mean, OK, I don't love this one. But on a one-off game like what Kerry did, you can shock a team. And it's after the game you sit down and go, Jesus, well, today we should have done this. And you get away with it once. But when you do it once, surely you have to maybe stop doing it the next time. Or Ni- Niall Morgan. I'd say have... Forwards just running uh, the same direction as the kick out as long as you can and hoping something bounces down for them and they're true on goals.
3: Yeah, well, I you know <laughs> the Ulster Final was like it was like a sideshow with the two keepers. You know they were they were just it, it was it looked very much off script and Morgan more so than the Kerry keeper is is probably. We'd expect a little bit more. Yeah, Shane of, Ryan, of but Shane
2: Ryan's been the first one to do this.
3: Yeah, I I, I just don't associate him as as being as kamikaze as as now. Maybe it's the fact that Morgan comes up and kicks freeze, and you know he gets on the yeah. score sheet. A no, Ryan bit more. just comes to the forty-five he, and covers a space. He does. Yeah, yeah. And and we've you know we've talked about it before. Is this going to be a trend? And it is going to be a trend because back to the thing is it's all the all the goalkeepers all over the country. at 15 and 16 that are looking at this and say, oh yeah I like a bit of this so it's gonna you'll see a little bit more of it but I, I think what, what Kerry will, what Kerry will do is like they've, they've done in the past with, with Dublin um, they're gonna obviously press the kick out you know they have Morn and maybe O'Connor in the middle of the field or will Spillane starting you know which are two good ball winners um, albeit Morgan has a, has a huge has a huge boot on him. but they, I would say they they'll look to Push, press the kick out, um, and attack it from from the midfield uh, area, um, and you know it, it's just it'll it'll be interesting to see. You know, will will the I can't see either team trying to give up the kick out too easy, and probably Kerry don't want. Um, want, want to be going short too often um, because you know we've seen in the past where, where it has gone wrong for them as well so it's it'll be interesting to see but it is nearly it's a subplot of the plot really yeah. what's going to happen on Saturday
2: Oh it is both teams are definitely going to press Tyrone press Kerry just Kerry are the innovators of this press they started it against Kerry in 2016 remember where Cluxton had a mini meltdown before half time and then completely like Cluxton does the Iceman was perfect <laughs> I don't think he gave mm. away a kick out in the second half they've innovated this and they've brought it to another level now with the goal Goalkeeper, but surely to God a lot you want Morgan booming it down the field and, and Tyrone have a plan like a little bit like Donegal goal against Dublin in 2014 where someone's just knocking it down to a runner and you could be you could run through into an empty net
1: or am I like surely Kerry have a, a contingency plan if the ball goes long? yeah funny just on a quick one the first time i ever encountered that was dad was actually the international rules manager against australia and ted Kennelly was coaching uh, australia at that time and i was doing the runner and australia started it that night so i think that was maybe 15 uh, right. 2015 that could be where uh, Kerry got and it then they, And they left uh it was bernard brogan and conor mcmanus completely free but the luxury that they had was all they needed to do was get a rugby tackle on a man, you know. You don't, you, and the player was stopped. were yeah. Uh, so that's why I found it difficult to get the ball up the field. It started really well, and then the second half, Canelli was out telling them this is what they had to do, uh, and it worked well for them. But Kerry, then you say the following year, definitely brought it into J and adapted it themselves. The only thing I would say is number one, fetching around the middle of the field, Kerry have. The better fetchers. They they want to force Tyrone into going long because they'll believe that they allowed fetch Kennedy and and Con Kilpatrick. Um, the only thing about Shane Rain that I would say is, and, and I look back over that game, the Cork and Kerry game, and there was some excellent camera angles from behind the goals. He he came out and he stood and left half back on the 45-meter lane. But literally, as soon as the, the Cork goalkeeper had made contact with the ball or was about to strike, he was turning and sprinting straight back along with another defender to, to get back old side. So I, I would say he could still come out and, and look as if he's blocking space, make himself look big, but they'll be hedging their bets, like you say, that they're not going to get caught with the long ball over the top, the same as what Rory Began got caught out in, uh, in in the Ulster final. I think they'll have learned from that. But what, what about
2: on that one, Aaron, then, that now Morgan just lands one over onto him? What does Shane Ryan do that in that? Like, what's he there for if it's just going to land on him? Is he just sprinting back again and saying, like, this is, do- I'm, I've just called your bluff now and I'm just going to stick a few out on top of you?
1: Well, that's the big one that I would be doing if I was Neil Morgan. My whole plan would be wherever Shane Ryan goes to, we know he wants to turn and sprint back. You have to overload that area. So that's where, if you have only a one on one in that half, say, if it's a half forward or a midfielder on that side of the field, you need to have two or three men earmarked and you're all tuned in and you're aware of what's happening, that they're going after that. Because if you head that direction and he's turning the sprint back and there's another defender maybe in that locality sprinting back, you have to have more men in that area then if it's something that you've, you've already pre-planned. So it'll be interesting to see if that is something that, that Tyrone have worked in because he does not want to engage, he doesn't want to compete for a ball. All he wants to do is block a space and then get the hell out of there back into his goal. So it definitely it's an area that I've thrown are tuned into that they can go after in terms of being able to win possession on the far side of the field.
2: Whatever about Shane Ryan being disciplined enough that if the ball is heading towards him, right okay I've done my job they've bluffed me I'm getting into the goals I'm not engaging here in case it breaks Niall Morgan's going off to catch that bloody ball oh, I he, <laughs> he's, he's not going I'm like, calling the mark <laughs> <laughs> like i because Niall Morgan will do it on the other side I'd land a few on Morgan I'd land a few on Morgan and I'd have somebody like I'd have enough hang time on it that you're, you're getting over there he's knocked to the ground and you pray you win a break like there has to because Morgan wouldn't be able to like he plays outfield for the club maybe Ryan does as well I'm not sure but he he just wants
3: to be in the game so much. He's he's going for that catch. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to see if, if that happens. But I, I agree with you. I think he is that type of player. He's just he's like you know he's like he's ready, Kyle ready to go at any stage and get involved in the play. Um, even you know if, as soon as there's a free given, he's now sprinting up the field <laughs> to get on the ball, which is which is great. And one says, but you know it, it only takes one mistake, and you know the if this game is going to be tight, that one mistake could be the difference in, 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 you know, being in an an All-Ireland final and not. So, while you know, I'm sure he, there's a certain bit of freedom there, but he's also, you know, I'm sure the, the management have him well schooled and, you know, your job is... To be, make sure you're you're you're, you're organising your defence. You're getting your kick out right, and you're not putting us in a position where we're we're, we're getting exposed. Um, because it is, there's it's high stakes on Saturday, you know. And there's an awful lot of talk about the the build up to it. You know, the COVID, what Kerry have to endure, and you can imagine the talking out that's going on in the Kerry dressing room in regards to. These lads don't give a shite about us. You know, they don't care. They're playing the game on our terms. we we'll they have to come and play the game and if they have to play it on Saturday and we'll be ready for them. And that all. That will be going on. Um. So, while you know, you do see it It has to be controlled. You can't... There can't be too many much kamikaze stuff in an All-Ireland semi-final because you will be punished. There's no doubt about it. You're playing now the top team now that it's signposted you know yeah exactly and, and you know like the way the game is now and the professionalism that's going to be analysed within an inch of its life you know when he goes where he goes you know who's getting around him all that sort of stuff and it just takes a one half a second missed time by Morgan and all of a sudden then they're in serious bother and we, we we were only for an unbelievable tackle in the Ulster final from from uh, Rory Began you know, it was brilliant, and and then chipped it up on the run. Like it was, it was a brilliant passage of, of play. And um, but they were they were so close to being caught, and and um, you know, all, albeit the Tyrone won in the end, but. You know, they're the small margins you're gonna you're gonna suffer and, and no no one will put you put you to the to the cross as quick as Kerry will.
2: Yeah, no, definitely not. What do you make, Aaron, of like the I mean the two shapes, right? So the way I see the two shapes is three on the full forward line for Tyrone, most, uh, most everybody else kind of working. Maybe the the third one of the three will try to bridge the gap. Maybe Connor McKenna might try and bridge the gap, but they'll be doing a lot of working around uh, the midfield. They'll be hoping for a long ball into the, the two inside. Then on the Kerry side they'll be trying to leave four up at least, and the question is, how can Tyrone disrupt that? And that's obvious that Hamsey and Ronan McNamee will mark their men, that's fair enough, they have a man mark to do. Any of the other four Tyrone defenders will go forward, like uh, McGeary, like Peter Hart, you know, like like these kind of fellas, like McKiernan spends an awful lot of time going forward to try and mess Kerry's shape up, because we know when Kerry have their shape, through the half-forward line, diagonal ball, running off the shoulder, bang goal, that you know, Kerry have kind of shown that they can deal a little bit with being dragged out of shape and not completely mess them up. They know their set pieces, they'll be back in their shape and then, you know, the, or the kickouts to be back. And there's times in games where, you you know, you, you'll have some bit of shape. Years ago, maybe two or three years ago, I remember they, they lost the league final to Mayo and they couldn't handle Mayo turning the game totally disorganised at all. I think Kerry are learning all the time.
1: They do well traditionally. They, they have struggled well, it and it took them a long time to to get used to it, and they never really mastered it at all with their own in in two thousands. But uh, I think it just if you revert back to just a couple of years ago, two thousand nineteen, you've mentioned the score it was nine five at half time. They looked in trouble. You couldn't see where they were going to get the scores from, but they sorted it out at half time, and they implemented it. The players did on the field. Um, I would I would see it. Kerry has been way improved in terms of, um, obviously, conditioning, but just their, their know-how and that at this level. Um, they're, they're all very much more experienced. Um, now, <clears throat> the big thing is, Tyrone just need for me, need to ask more questions of Kerry defensively. I think they need to take a few more risks. A lot of the good ball, like you said, that did go in in the first half against Monaghan was going from sort of midfield 65-meter lane. Um, it, there's a long sort of flight travel in that there yeah. it's sort of predictable in someone's body of, of what angle they're going to put that and i'm just thinking offhand conor McKenna put then a, a couple of super balls but you could tell before he kicked it nearly where it was going to land you know with the shape of his body um going off the outside of his boot so c- can they get carry players in in one-on-one situations themselves you know closer to their half forward lane um that you're getting a, a more structured pass inside for ball winners and then the runners couldn't fl- coming flooding off them because are they going to beat them in, in points? I can't see it. I think Tyrone are going to score need to score at least two, three goals um, if they have any chance of winning this game. And for that to happen, they need to have more people up the field. And it does it's a point that you raised early on. The inside forwards tend to be left to fend for themselves and kick their own scores, other than maybe McCurry looping around. But it's not that they have a flood of men coming off their shoulders, you know, powering through to, to get goal scoring opportunities. Um, it's something that they would have done whenever the running game was going good against maybe lesser opposition. But in terms of getting that kicking game, it's one area that they definitely can improve on and, and might do in pain. Whether the month uh, uh, has been enough for them, uh, I don't know. Yeah, last point, to, or sorry, Johnny. Yeah, go
3: just on. just on, on, you know, the other side of from Tyrone' point of view, and even the conversation we're having here is all, you know, how it's going towards Kerry, and it's a little bit reminiscent of the semi final. With with Mayo and Dublin, you know, we couldn't see where, yeah, where yeah. Mayo were going to get the scores, and you know, and I think maybe Tyrone will have learned a little bit about from from the Mayo game. Albeit there was a little bit a little bit of a meltdown from from uh, from Dublin, but I suppose the, the the big worry for Kerry is the coming in, you know, like there's nothing to prepare you like hardened battles along the way, and they haven't had that where where Tyrone have had that, and I think Tyrone are going to you know they'll stay in, stay in the game as long as they can, and then squeeze the life out. You know, let's put Kerry in a position that they're really uncomfortable. You know, like we we didn't see where where um, you know Dublin just scoring fourteen points. We just couldn't see it, um, and and that's how it transpired. Now I know every game is different, but I think Tyrone will have learnt a little bit from that. And um, even though their style is is different than, than Mayo's, you know. The great thing about football is there's no guarantees that's the only guarantee and saturday when we we look at it and you expect the carry machine particularly in the forward to click into gear, but what if it doesn't you know which has happened in the past so there's i think that's the the, the great thing about it and and um you know there's just there is unknowns and and the build-up has been different. Um, you know, you don't have a huge amount of league form because what, there was only four games. I just think that that makes it even more intriguing um, for for Saturday as well. And I, I certainly think if 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 Kerry or if Tyrone sit down and, and, and looked at the way Mayo approached it, albeit, I don't know whether it was by accident or design, you know, they were I thought like it was completely dead at half. I thought they were gone. You make a home, Mayo. But they just went at it. That sort of just expansive football ran like they were never going to run before it was a bit chaotic there's no doubt but they put they put Dublin in a position that they were really uncomfortable and I think if Tyrone do something like that you know it leaves them with a really good chance now the next question is you know have the, the personnel to do that and that's I suppose that's the big question
2: No I, I definitely take your point that Tyrone are more battle-hardened like that goes without saying Kerry have not been tested Um, They didn't look great at all at the start of the Cork match. Um, You know, a Donegal battle and a Monaghan battle Tyrone have come through. And like, I mean, I'll just paint a picture here, Aaron, that Tyrone get the extra week and they had 95% of their players back the week before. And they're saying, boys, we're prime for this. We're coming through battles. They're waiting for us. Don't mind them. We're prime. We're in the long grass. No one's giving us a chance to think we're all sick. We've mostly back. We're after playing a trick. I'm only this is all I'm only, you know, suggesting that like I mean, this could be an ambush. Like, am I? Could it be an ambush? Like, I mean, could Tyrone have had the majority of their players back middle of last week and them training hard, driving it into him, as We're coming with the shock of the year. Well, after Mayo, obviously, <laughs> but we're we're ready for these boys. These boys, you know, the whole country thinks you're sick. You're prime for it, lads. You're, yeah, you know, like, could this be the case? Like, we know what Tyrone are like. <laughs> like, they'll do anything to win.
1: There's no doubt that that's exactly the case. <laughs> 95 percent the trump panel. I'm fairly certain. I'm only just saying that myself. It's not that I've spoken to them. They've all been training from the middle of last week. They have ten good days preparation, and there's no county that deals with a siege mentality anymore. With the, we all have a, a bit of a northern chip on our shoulders uh, at times, but um, they can have that chip, and they can go down and deliver uh whenever it's it's up against the most. Like they are definitely. You're going to get a performance from Tyrone, but the only thing is based on tradition and how that Tyrone naughty's team performed they were more in terms of their mentality and their willingness to keep going they were more in tune with what that mayo team is that that uh, johnny's talking about there at the minute i'm just not sure that this Tyrone team has the mentality um to to match that, that has gone previous to them, not yet anyway. Um, and I think that's where ultimately they might just come up that bit short this weekend. Um, they will be primed, you know, they will be up for a battle. They will stick it to Kerry. Um, but I was at the I think it was 2018, the Super 8 started and O'Shea, Clifford these boys, I was their first year and they were playing Monaghan and Clonus and I just wanted to go to the game because well I wanted to see Kerry and it's very rare you'll see them in a championship game this far up north. But I remember before the game started, you had your Vinnie Carries, Desi Moans, these boys over, lacing into to the, to these new Kerry boys, you know, saying, welcome to Clonus, welcome to Ulster. But they didn't take a backward step at all. And that's that's three or four years ago. So Tyrone can can bring all the physicality, all the, I suppose, siege mentality that they want. But ultimately, I think you're looking at a crop of Kerry players who know that they need to start winning all Ireland titles. They need to deliver regardless of what is thrown to them. Um, and I think ultimately that's going to be the difference whenever it comes to it this weekend. They must win. And Tyrone would like to win in all Ireland. Kerry have to win in all Ireland.
2: Yeah, I think that's true as well, Johnny. How do you, how what, what's your uh, prediction? Funnily enough, I'm not as sure of Kerry beating Tyrone as it was of Dublin beating Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> what a confuse you <laughs> here. <laughs>
3: you're scarred after the last... <laughs> Uh, no, I, I look at, it, I, I, you know, you're you're looking at the the pros and cons of both of both teams. Um, I, I just think, you know, if Kerry click into into gear, I just, I think that from the forwards they have, um, I think they've got a little bit more solid at the back. Yes, there might be a little bit of a little bit of frailty there, um, and and to have the ball winners around the middle. I just think they have too many aces in the pack. You know, if Clifford has a quiet day, if uh, O'Shea even has a quiet day, he'd still chip in with seven or eight points, maybe from Freeze. You know, they've just too much, um, they've too much attacking, too much attacking options for me, and even allowing one or two to have a quiet day, I still think. You know, we, we talked about the Spalans that might come on. You know you've you've young mine and Mike commanded all. Tommy Walsh comes in. You know, so I just think they've too many they've too many aces in the pack, um, and I'd be I'd be tipping Kerry to win.
2: Yeah, I go the same as well, Aaron. I know you're Kerry from the last thing that you said. I'm the same. I think uh, Kerry just simply have to win it. I think like like what you said, they just I think they'll they'll have too much. I think Tyrone will have taken a lot out of the Killarney game and I think they'll lose here and they'll learn a little bit more because they're new to their own team and they'll probably learn again and there might be another year learning before they actually go, right, this is what we have to do, you know, because they are kind of a work in progress. Um, Yeah, so I think it's three carries, just like it was three Dublins. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see on Monday. Um, Somebody's going to be wrong in here anyways. Um, So that's it. That's all we have time for. We'll be back on Monday morning and we'll review that game. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck.
1: But this little dink ball, no one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh really? Yeah, I you been asked to do, hopefully. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're to me, I'm hey, you you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs>